Hey everybody, it's Adam, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. We hope that our time together will challenge you, encourage you, and inspire you to take the next step in your relationship with Christ. So there are some things in life that drive me absolutely crazy. Like, especially this time of year, when you go into a busy parking lot at Walmart or Target or the mall or wherever, and you cruise up and down two or three aisles hoping that you'll find an empty parking spot somewhere along the way, and then you find that that magical parking spot right at the front of the store, the perfect spot, so you swing your car out and you start to turn in just to find that there's an itty-bitty sports car parked inside of that spot. I hate when that happens. drives me crazy. Or... Like when I'm in the restroom and I've washed my hands off and and I reach for that paper towel to dry them and as soon as I pull that paper towel, it doesn't come out because the the paper towel disintegrates in my fingertips because they're too wet. You ever have that happen to you? It's like, come on, paper towel, you have one job and it's to dry people's hands. How are you falling apart because my hands are wet? Or here's one that drives me up the walls. When, when I get one of my favorite pieces of candy, a Reese's peanut butter cup, and you, you go and you unwrap, you start peeling off that paper cup that it's in, and half of the chocolate sticks to the bottom of that, that paper wrapping, it drives me crazy. But if there's one thing in this world that drives me even crazier than, than parking lots and paper towels and Reese's peanut butter cup, you know, chocolate sticking to the wrapper, if there's one thing that drives me crazier than any of these things, it's when I lose something. When I lose something, it absolutely drives me insane. There, there's just something about that feeling when I, when I get home and I put my car keys down on a countertop and I go back to get them the next day and they're not where I left them that can really drive me up the walls. And because I hate losing things and because it is so annoying and drives me so crazy, I am the kind of guy that will tear my house apart to find a missing Barbie shoe. I don't even play with Barbies, but I will tear the house apart to find their shoes. I'm the kind of guy who has literally gone to the curb on trash day and pulled out a trash bag just to check and make sure one of Hannah's toys wasn't inside. And just so you know, it wasn't a wasted trip. The toy was hiding inside of that garbage bag. How it got there, I don't know. I'm also the kind of guy who has actually broken out and sang the hallelujah chorus when I've managed to stumble upon a a back to one of Ashley's earrings that's fallen on the floor in our bedroom when I've just stumbled upon it weeks later. It makes me happy. But there's, there's one thing worse to me than just losing any old object, any old item. It's the kind of harrowing experience that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. It's, it's the kind of experience that I consider myself lucky I've only had to face it once in my life. And it happened in the lead-up to Christmas several years ago. Like most days, I spent my morning and afternoon at work that day, and I had come home to enjoy a quiet evening at home. Um, Ashley and I decided we were going to sit down and we were going to have dinner together. Like I said, this was a long time ago. It was long before we had Hannah, long before we became parents. So after we sat down and we had dinner, we decided that we were going to work on a puzzle together. And it just so happened that I had the perfect puzzle for the Christmas season. It's, it's this one here. We're going to show a picture of it up on the screen. It's Charlie Brown. It's Charlie Brown and the gang. They're hanging around the Chris, Charlie Brown's Christmas tree after they've got it all spruced up, and they're singing together. 
It's, it was the perfect puzzle. So Ashley and I, we sat down, and we worked on this particular puzzle for an hour or two. It's a 550-piece puzzle, so it doesn't take forever to get it done. And we do what you do whenever you put a puzzle together, right? We started by building the border, and then we started bringing all of the Peanuts characters to life. And then once you finish with the border and the Peanuts characters and the tree, you get stuck with the worst part of the puzzle, the snow. So we had to spend time tediously trying to discern the difference between puzzle pieces that made up the snow. And let's just say when all that's on a puzzle piece is white, it's really hard to tell the difference between one piece and another. So it wasn't easy getting all of the puzzle together. But after all of our time, after all of the effort, we reached that satisfying moment that every puzzler craves. That moment just before you put the last piece in the puzzle. But when we got there, we found that something was missing. Now, you may not see it here, but you can definitely see it up there. There's a piece missing, and it's not just one of those innocent little white pieces that you would never notice was gone. It's the middle of Charlie Brown's sister Sally face. So it was an important piece of the puzzle that was missing. Now, I'm wondering this morning, have you ever felt the way that I did when this piece of the puzzle was missing. And I'm not just talking about have you ever had the feeling of losing a puzzle piece when you were on the verge of completing it. What I'm talking about is have you ever felt in your life like something is missing? Have you ever felt like something's missing? Of course you have. We have all felt like something is missing at one point or another in our lives. We've all felt unhappy or upset. We've all felt discouraged or discontent, even when it seems like we have everything that we're supposed to want and need. We've still felt like something was missing. And the truth is, a lot of us feel that way at Christmas every year. A lot of us feel like something is missing at Christmas each year. And I think the reason why a lot of us feel like something is missing at Christmas each year is because we all have these ideas about what Christmas is supposed to be like year after year. We all feel like if this year, if we just get the right item off of our Christmas wish list, that then we'll be happy. Or we feel like if we can just mark everybody's name off of our Christmas shopping list, that then we'll be satisfied. Or we feel like if we can just get all of the presents wrapped and put underneath the tree, that we'll have some sort of sense of peace. But no matter how hard we try, we still feel like there's something missing at Christmas. Now, that's exactly how Charlie Brown felt in my personal favorite Christmas movie. That's right, long before the closing scene, you know, this one where they're standing around the tree and they're singing and all that sort of stuff, Charlie Brown is struggling. And he feels like there is something missing for him at Christmas. We're going to take a second and we're going to watch a clip from it just so you can see exactly how Charlie Brown feels. So, David, let's play that clip. I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. 
So did you hear what he said in the clip? He said things like, I'm not happy. I don't feel the way that I'm supposed to feel. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards, but I'm still not happy. Or to put it another way, Charlie Brown felt like something was missing for him at Christmas. And as the rest of that movie unfolds, Charlie Brown is willing to do anything and everything that he can do to keep himself from feeling like something is missing at Christmas. So Charlie Brown goes out and he ice skates with his friends. Then he gets involved with a snowball fight. He helps his little sister Sally as she makes her Christmas list. He even volunteers to direct the Christmas play. And that's when you know he's desperate because nobody volunteers to direct a Christmas play. But then in the climatic moment of the movie, In the climatic moment of the movie, you realize that Charlie Brown still feels like something is missing. In spite of the skating, the snowball fights, the Christmas lists, and even the work he's put in directing the play, there's something that's still missing. He's still feeling empty inside. And he realizes in this climatic moment from the movie that nothing is going to change that. So Charlie Brown is going to cry out in his frustration. He's going to shout out, Is there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is about? And in that moment, it becomes clear to Charlie Brown and to everybody who's been watching the movie that everything he's tried to do to make this Christmas meaningful has still left him feeling empty. And there's nothing that's going to change that. No matter how many Christmas cards he sends or receives that year, he's still going to feel like something is missing at Christmas. No matter how many snowballs he throws, there's still going to be something missing at Christmas. No matter how many presents show up underneath a Christmas tree, there is still going to be something missing at Christmas. No matter how great that play turned out, there was still going to be something missing at Christmas. That's something that all of us need to realize this morning. You see, Christmas is just over three weeks away now. But there's some of us that are still holding out hope that this Christmas is going to be different. We're still holding out hope that if we just give or get the right gift this year, that it's going to be different. We still are holding out hope that if we can just get our house perfectly decorated, that there's still, that this Christmas is going to be different. We are still holding out hope that if we can get our whole family together under one roof for a holiday celebration, that this year is going to be different. That we won't have that empty feeling when Christmas is over this year. But as much as I hate to tell you this this morning, even if you give or get the right gift this year, even if your house looks like it came straight out of the cover of a Martha Stewart magazine because it's so perfectly decorated, even if you have all of your family together under one roof for the ideal holiday celebration, there's still going to be something missing this year. And there's still going to be something missing because what we're missing in our lives isn't Christmas. It's Christ. What we're missing in our lives isn't more Christmas. What we're missing in our lives is Christ. That's why Linus Van Pelt, Charlie Brown's best friend, answers Charlie's frustrated question the way that he does in the movie. You remember the scene, right? Linus, here's Charlie Brown's question, and he walks to center stage, and he stands inside of the spotlight. He calls for the spotlight because he knows what he's about to say is very important. And then he quotes to us the King James Version of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. 
Now, most Sunday mornings, I ask you to grab your Bible and to follow along with me while we read. But this morning, I want you to sit back and listen. I want you to listen to what Linus Van Pelt said when he quoted from Luke's gospel. This is what he said. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came around them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now this is a familiar passage of scripture for us. It's a passage that we've heard so many times before. In this story, the angels come and they they speak to the shepherds and they tell the shepherds that Christ has been born and that he has entered in the world. But like I've said, we've heard this story before, and the problem is we've heard it so many times before that we've stopped listening to it. We've stopped listening to what the angels actually say to the shepherds that day. So I want to point that out to you. I want to stop and I want to take some time and just point out to you one more time what the hosts of heavenly multitudes say to the shepherds that day. This is what they say as they're singing out, praising God and still speaking to the shepherds. They say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The heavenly multitude inside of this passage promise us peace. They promise us peace because Jesus has been born. But what does peace have to do with feeling like something is missing? Because that's what we've been talking about so far this morning. What does peace have to do with feeling like something is missing? Well, the truth is, peace has everything to do with that feeling of something missing in our lives. And it has everything to do with it because the biblical concept of peace is very different than than our modern-day concept of peace. You see, in 21st century America, and in the world that we live in today, when we talk about peace, when we think about peace, we are thinking about an end of conflict, of violence, of warfare. But the biblical idea of peace is something entirely different. When the Bible talks about peace, it's talking about making something whole or making something complete. Let me show you an example of what I mean. In the book of Exodus, when God is giving laws to the people of Israel to help them understand how they can better live together in peace and harmony and unity, you run across passages like this one in Exodus chapter 22, verse 5. This is what it says. It says, When someone lets an animal loose to eat in another person's field and causes the field or the vineyard to be stripped of its crop, the owner must pay them back with the best from his own field or vineyard. Now that sounds weird to me. Okay, that passage sounds weird, and it really doesn't seem like it fits into a Christmas sermon, I have to tell you. And it sounds weird, at least in part, because I don't have animals that will ever graze in my neighbor's fields. Okay, I have a dog that may sniff their yard, but I don't have an animal that's going to graze in their fields. So it sounds strange to me. 
But it only sounds strange because I think that this is about grazing when I read it, but that's not what this passage is about. This isn't about a law about grazing. It's about making peace. It's about making something whole, making something complete again. In this case, it's talking about how you can make whole, make complete, how you can restore the relationship between two quarreling neighbors. So if my animal wanders onto your property and my animal eats and grazes and destroys your field, then I have to do something to make peace with you. I have to do something to restore our relationship, to make it whole again. And what Exodus 22 verse 5 tells us is that I can make it whole by offering you the best of what I have. But the whole point of the passage is telling me how I can make our relationship whole again. How I can make real peace with you. So when the multitude speak of peace in this passage in the Gospel of Luke, when they say that Jesus is coming and that Jesus will bring peace with them, what they're telling us is that Jesus is coming into this world to make us complete, to make us whole. Now let me explain to you how that works by going back to talk about the way that we usually talk about peace today. When we talk about peace today, what we are usually talking about is the absence of something. When we talk about peace today, we're usually talking about the absence of something. We talk about the absence of violence. We talk about the absence of conflict. We talk about the absence of war. That's what peace means. But whether you've ever realized it or not, when we talk about peace as being the absence of violence, of war, of conflict, we are equating peace with having something missing from our lives and from our world. But when the authors of the Bible, when they talk about peace, they mean something different altogether. Now the two most common words for peace that you find inside of the Bible, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word you'll find is shalom, and the Greek word that you'll find in the New Testament is arene. But both of these words, shalom and arene, mean approximately the same thing. And they're not about an absence of conflict or an absence of violence or an absence of war. What these words are talking about is that there is going to be a presence of something better that comes with peace. And that presence of something better is going to bring wholeness and completeness with it. So when we say that Jesus came into this world to bring peace, when we say that Jesus came into this world, that doesn't mean that Jesus just to end violence or warfare or conflict. What it means is that Jesus came to make our peace complete. Or when we say that Jesus came into this world, it doesn't mean that he just came into this world to end hatred. It means that Jesus came into this world to make our love complete. When Jesus came into this world, he didn't just come into this world to end our sorrow. Jesus came into this world to make our joy complete. When Jesus came into this world, he didn't just come into this world to end our despair. He came into this world to make our hope complete. And we'll never experience this completeness if we keep looking for what we're missing in all the wrong places. And that brings me back to my puzzle that Ashley and I worked all those years ago. Now, when we found that this piece of the puzzle was missing, we did everything that we could to find it. 
You know, we did what you do whenever you misplaced a puzzle piece. We carefully examined the table that we were on, you know, lifting up whatever may have been there, checking underneath, making sure that we hadn't overlooked it. When we didn't easily find it on the table, we started carefully lifting up the edges of the puzzle and peeking underneath to make sure that one piece wasn't trapped somewhere underneath. When we couldn't find it anywhere on the table or under the puzzle, then we got down on our hands and our knees and we started crawling around the living room floor. And the problem was the carpet was about the same color as Sally's face. So we were having to rub and just feel and see if we could find it any place. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter where we looked. We were never going to find this missing piece of the puzzle until we looked for it in the right place. And the same is true for us at Christmas. You'll never find what you're looking for at Christmas until you start looking for it in the right place. You are never going to find what you're missing at Christmas until you start looking for it in the right place. Because here's the thing, no matter how great the Christmas presents you get this year are, they're never going to make you feel whole. No matter how beautiful your decorations are around your house, outside of your house, through your neighborhood, they are never going to make you feel complete. No matter how many family members you have packed inside of your house for a great get-together this Christmas, it is still going to leave you feeling empty. Christmas will never bring you peace. But Christ will. Christ will bring you peace. Christ will make you whole. Christ will make you complete. And I can't explain to you exactly how that works, because here's the thing. When Jesus makes you whole, when Jesus makes you complete, it turns out being something like you never could have imagined. And that brings me back to my Charlie Brown puzzle one more time. Now, after Ashley and I tore through our house looking for that missing puzzle piece, after we looked in every nook and cranny, after we pulled out every couch off the sofa, after I even went through a garbage can or two trying to find that missing piece, it eventually turned up. And that missing piece, I have it right here, was laying on the floor in our guest bedroom. We were working the puzzle in the living room. The, piece, the puzzle piece ended up in the guest bedroom. Do you know how it ended up in the guest bedroom? We weren't the first ones to find it. Our old dog, Frizzy, was the first one who found our puzzle piece. And, and you can't see it in my hand right now, so we'll put the picture of it up on the screen. Um, let's just say that Frizzy left her mark on Charlie Brown's little sister, Sally, and she still hasn't recovered from all of that. But here's the thing. When Ashley and I found this missing puzzle piece, our first feeling was relief. And, and you, but you would have thought our second feeling would have been that we would have been upset that the dog got a hold of this piece of the puzzle. But here's the thing. We didn't get mad because our dog chewed off a couple of the corners. We didn't get mad because she left teeth marks on this piece. Because when we found what we were missing, it turned out better than we ever could have imagined. It turned out better than we ever could have imagined. When you stop looking forward to Christmas and you start looking for Christ, you're going to find that it turns out better than you ever could have imagined to. You're going to find wholeness. You're going to find completeness. You're going to find a peace that surpasses all of your understanding. That's what we kind of found with this puzzle piece. You see, here's the deal. Anybody can work this puzzle. It's 550 pieces. You can still buy it today, even though Ashley and I have had it for years. You can still buy this, and you can still work this puzzle. But here's the thing. You're never going to have a piece of your puzzle that looks like this. 
This is one of a kind. We are the only ones in the entire world that have a part of Sally Brown's face that was chewed up by our dog. So she made her own little contribution to our puzzle. She made it family puzzle that day. This puzzle turned out so much better than I ever could have imagined, so much more complete, even though, yeah, there's a couple of pieces that are still missing because they got chewed off of Sally's face. But when you start looking for peace in the right places, when you stop expecting it to come from Christmas and start expecting it to come from Christ, you will find that peace that surpasses all understanding. And you'll find that even though your life isn't perfect, like this puzzle will never be perfect again, it's better. It's better because it's complete. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the chance that we've had to be in this place today and to think about what peace really means, God. And peace isn't just about an absence of violence and war and conflict, but peace is about something better. It's about being made whole. It's about being made complete. It's not just about an end of violence and conflict and war. It's about a time when we will no longer need to fight, when we will work together with our brothers and sisters, with people from all across the globe, with those we differ in opinion with and everything else, God. So God, we cry out today. We are still yearning desperately for that peace. But God, let us remember that peace already entered this world 2,000 years ago when Christ was born. So peace has come, but God, let it continue on in us and through us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everybody, it's Adam again. I hope that this sermon challenged you, encouraged you, and inspired you to take the next step in your relationship with Christ. If it did, then take a second and subscribe to our podcast. We drop a new sermon every Monday, and if you subscribe, you'll never miss it. And if you'd like to help someone else take the next step in their relationship with Christ, then take a minute and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Your review goes a long way to help us share this podcast with others.